you are your child's first teacher. I know y'all heard me say this a bazillion times, right? Well, in this episode, I hope after you all listen to what I'm about to go into, that you all get a renewed sense of faith as it pertains to raising your children, as it pertains to making sure that your children are being prepared for success. Stay tuned. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Real Reading Talk. I am your most gracious host, Ms. Seisha. And with Real Reading Talk, I discuss the real systemic issues that are at the very core, the very foundation, as to why there are low levels of literacy in the Black community and the ways in which we can combat these issues together. I hope that everybody's doing great, fantastic, uh, just absolutely wonderful. Whatever great adjective that you can think of and describe yourself, how you're feeling, man, I hope that that's what it is, right? I hope that's what's going on in your life because we need as much positivity as we can get, okay? There's a lot of craziness going on and we need to just continue our best as much as possible to be overwhelmed with goodness, okay? All right, and I want to thank my old heads for continuing continuously uh, rocking with me, tuning in, uh, sharing the podcast. I appreciate you immensely. And I thank you all for my newbies. I thank you all for joining me as well. All right. I hope that you gain a lot of benefit. I hope that you all get entertained. I hope you all get inspired, encouraged, renewed, all of those different things I hope is occurring when you are listening or even if you're able to watch as well the podcast. So now I'm about to get into it, y'all. So I was inspired today, y'all. I was feeling encouraged after reading this article. So I was on my LinkedIn and I'm connected to a woman, an awesome, phenomenal woman I have not met in person. Uh, but however, we are connected through LinkedIn. She is a licensed social worker, got her master's in social work, and she had posted an article that was done on her mother. It was 30, yeah, 34 years ago. 34 years ago, y'all. The day, the actual date of the article was, and it was in the our local newspaper, which is called the Cleveland Plain Dealer. And it was done January 24th, 1989's the number. Yes, that's when the article was done. She was actually, she was in second grade when the article was done on her mother. Okay, and let me, let me shout out her mother, okay? So her mother's name is Valerie Lane, okay? Valerie Lane. And they did this article. The article was entitled Mother Mirrors teachers mother mirrors teachers okay and the article was focusing on a brochure that the american federation of teachers had put together and so the brochure was called the home team learning activities all right and so this brochure consisted of different tips uh, different ways in which the parent can make sure that they are facilitating a learning environment at home, 
And the whole article was highlighting how her mother, Miss Valerie Lane, her mother, by the way, uh, she uh, was married, got a divorce. And, um, and so this article was focusing on how her mother was educating her daughters. She had twin daughters. I'm not for sure she had, uh, she may have had other siblings as well, but they were just focusing on uh, these two siblings, the lady that I'm talking about, her name is Rashawn. She's the one who posted this article about her mother and she has a twin sister as well. And it was saying how, you know, her mother was making sure that she was uh, providing a lot of different uh, educational uh, things for her daughters to have at home. She had a very regimented schedule. And, and in fact, one of the things they talked about uh, Valerie Lane, it was, they, they said her cousins would call her the warden for all the rules that she had set for her twin daughters. All right. So they're her daughters. They had to be in bed at a specific time. They had to do their homework. They had chores. They had something called, you know, a, a schedule, right? They had a routine popping off that her mother made sure that she has set in place for her daughters. And the whole point is so that her daughters would grow up and be successful, that they can become independent women who are handling their business. And lo and behold, this lady that I'm talking about who posted this article, like I just told y'all, licensed social work, master's degree in social work, and whatever other things that she's doing as well in the community still here in the city of Cleveland, y'all. And I wanted to highlight these aspects because number one, these are things that I've definitely have been talking about consistently on my podcast, getting real, making sure that I drive home to the community that we are our children's first teachers. Just like the lady Rashawn's, her mother understood. She understood the assignment. And just like I told y'all, her mother, she was a divorced woman. And it was saying also that she was getting help uh, from her mother um, as well in making sure that her children were being raised in a way that they would grow up and be productive members of society. And I'm saying this to say that it can be done. I'm saying this to say that as long as you understand that when you are consistent, we understand it gets hard. We have situations in our community, especially in the Black community, where we have a lot of women who are still leading the households. Even if you have a situation where a woman was married, you have situations where maybe the two people never got married but you still have an overwhelming amount of households in which they're ran by women. And I'm not saying that to say that, yeah, this is something that I'm trying to promote. And I'm also not saying that to even denigrate our brothers out there who are doing the work too. Because yes, there are plenty of black men who are out there doing the work whether they are still married to their spouses or maybe they aren't married, maybe they are divorced as well, but they're handling their business. But I wanted to definitely highlight again, give that shout out, that kudos 
to the lady Rashawn, number one, for having for for having this article. I mean, how how dope is that, right? Being able to read about your mother 34 years later, and then you read it, and she's like she said, and when she posted it, she said it still gives her chills, which rightfully so. She's sitting up here, she's reading about the things that her mother had done when they were little kids. I mean, and then for her to actually uh, be able to uh, actualize, <clears throat> excuse me, actualize all the things that her mother had envisioned for her and her sibling. I mean, that is just totally phenomenal. But guess what? She's not an anomaly. There are plenty of families where people are making this happen because they understand the assignment. And one of the things that I wanted to also do was highlight with this particular brochure, by the way, which I thought was something I, I'm, I'm just I'm reading this. I said, what? I'm like the literally they put out this brochure to make sure, <clears throat> excuse me, that the families were getting all of these different tips, these different the uh, advice about how ways in which they can reinforce what it is that the teachers are already doing in school. So let me, as a matter of fact, let me, um, you know, bring up a couple of pointers that they had talked about, right? So one of the uh, things that was said, one of the quotes that was made in the article was that parents have to understand that when a kid goes to kindergarten, the first day is not the end of their involvement, meaning the parents' involvement. We are our children's first teachers. We are not supposed to take our children, hand them off to the schools and say, okay, you got the degree, you went to school for this, so go ahead and educate my baby. No, no, not please. Quite the contrary. No, you, if you decide to put your child in a traditional school setting and not homeschool them, you are supposed to send them already in a state of, yes, I'm ready. Yes, I know this already. Okay, no, this I may not know uh, very well. I need assistance with this. But I am a self-starter. I know how to initiate things on my own because that's what was given to me at home. That's my home base. That's my foundation. That's my rock. I got it solidified over here. All, all you're doing is you're just just adding to what I already have. And that's the mentality that we have to have. And let me let me point out this as well, some of the helpful tips. This right here, I, I was just tripping, right? Not, not, not this, no, this one I was tripping on. So they said they put in the brochure that this was a, uh, some creative ways in which you can have learning uh, for your children at home, right? So one of the things they suggested was letting your children help plot the shortest route for a family vacation by using maps. I was like, huh? Like they literally, they were giving tips like that to the parents? Really? I'm sitting up here like, I was blown because first of all, it's, it's so funny because I'm like directionally challenged. <laughs> so a lot of times I'll be going places. I, I'm, 
I've been born and raised in Cleveland. There'd be places that I'll get lost. I'd be like, wait a minute, okay, muscles go down this street, muscles make a so for them to even have that as an educational aid, as an advice, as a tool, as a tip that you can actually implement at home. I mean, how dope is that? Teaching our children how to use maps. How many of your kids know how to use a map? I know my kids, honestly, I've never done anything like that before. So right there, that, that was just something that was amazing to me. It was another one as well. Having them look up names in a phone book to practice using alphabetical order. <laughs> Again, what as you hear these examples, what are they doing? They are telling you as the parent to make sure whatever it is you're teaching them, this is something that can be applied to real life. How many times have we heard our kids say things like, why am I learning this? How, what is this gonna benefit me? How is this going to help me in, in my life? Bam, right here. How many activities have we seen in the classroom where our kids had to do things like this? Another one, this one, encouraging them to use diaries, which helps with thinking, penmanship, and writing ability. Now, I've been hearing more and more people starting to implement journal writing, which is good. So I've been hearing a lot of that, especially to dealing with a lot of our young people uh, having mental, mental health challenges, emotional health challenges, especially with all of the different things that's going on. Now we have social media, so they get to see stuff happening in real time. They don't have to wait till, you know, uh, the six o'clock news to hear about something that's going on. A majority of our kids by, by uh, in, in five years old, six and seven have their own phones. They have access to some type of device. So they're able to see a lot of stuff that's going on. So it's affecting them, right? So a lot of people now are encouraging more writing, journal writing, which is good. But they were talking about this then as well, making sure that they're writing in their journals. And then this was another tip that I didn't even know that this could actually help with this uh, particular thing. So let me tell you all this, right? So for the younger children, they said, have them string beads or macaroni noodles to improve coordination and helping with penmanship as well and drawing their letters. I was like, really? I'm like, oh my goodness. Again, this was back in 1989. This was a, this was called the home team learning activities brochure that they would give to the parents. Why can't we have something like this now? We can, we can. But the thing is, is that if we have the mentality, like unfortunately what, we're, what we've been dealing with, number one, you don't really have a lot of parents who are involved like they were over 30 years ago. And you had and you had parents, just like I grew up in that latchkey generation, where my mother, she worked, she was a, 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 a unwed mother and she had to go out and she had to work and I didn't see her until the evening time. So I, when I came home, had the key around my neck, came home, nobody was home. But even still, even, even with that, and I talk about this, I've talked about this plenty of times in my other episodes, my mother still had a certain level of expectations. She still set those boundaries. And I still had that, that certain level of 
I'll just, for lack of a better term, that, uh, that fear, if you will, that of, okay, I know I better handle my business or it's going to be some problems. And a lot of us, especially in my age group, pushing that half century age, okay, we grew up with that type of environment. And even if you had cases where you, you had the parent who was not married, you still may have had the grandmother, you had the aunts, you had the older cousins, you had people in the community, you had the neighbors. It was more of a connection. But now, as we know, in the age of social media, in the age of lack of actual human connection, it makes it a lot difficult. But just like back then, there were issues and challenges. Just like we have challenges now, people still should be trying their best to make sure that they are doing everything they can to set their children up for success. Just like my grandmother would say, oh, people, they whatever it is they want to do, they make time. They make a way for what they want to do. And this is what Rashawn's mother was doing. She didn't have no excuses. She made a way. She said, yeah, okay, I'm, I'm, I, I may have a challenge right now. I'm a divorced woman. You know, I still got to handle my business and work. But I'm, I still can set the tone. I still can have expectations. I still can have a regiment. I still can have a routine, a schedule set for my children. And lo and behold, that routine, the boundaries, the schedule, 34 years later, she now has the uh, byproduct of that, a daughter and, I, and she, I'm not for sure what her, her twin daughter's doing, but I'm quite sure she's successful as well, <laughs> okay? Her daughter, though, again, social work, doing the work in the community. That, that right there, to me, I thought spoke volumes. Her deciding to be in social work, because as we know, this is something that a lot of social workers, they see, unfortunately, they see a lot of... Um, uh, instability in the homes. They 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 are seeing these kids who are moving around from place to place. They have to deal with, uh, you know, a lot of parents who are so frustrated and they're abusing their children, or or you have uh, parents who are just so toxic and so drama and trauma filled that they are totally just neglecting their children, not just abusing by hitting them or verbally or emotionally, I mean, they literally have checked out drug abuse, alcohol abuse, all of these different things that are happening and that, that our communities have been plagued with. And then coupled with the environments where, they, where our kids have to walk to school, they're walking by abandoned buildings, abandoned homes. They're still seeing people who are addicted to drugs. They're, sti they're still seeing people who are selling drugs in the communities. They're seeing uh, trash and, and broken glass everywhere. They're seeing all types of types of degradation. Then you got police, you know, all only thing they know how to do is just go around and try to find something wrong. So they're they're of no help. Because when there is an issue, you scared and worried about, okay, if I do call on them, they may turn on me. So a lot of times they don't get called on. And we say we try to handle it ourselves. So a lot of these things, I'm just bringing that up to say that, yes, we are dealing with a lot of these issues. And yes, as we know, over time, things get worse. But there is 
light at the end of the tunnel. I don't want to make this sound like all doom and gloom. There is light at the end of the tunnel. We can actually change things around. We can change the narrative. We first, number one, have to believe it within ourselves. Number two, we have to make sure that we have a plan of action. Number three, making sure that we surround ourselves with people who have that same mentality. Number four, making sure that we are consistent. And then the last one, repeat everything, right? As they say, wash, rinse, repeat. And another point I wanted to make too in this uh in in, in this particular article, which I thought was just uh, great, right? So one of the pointers that they had in the brochure, which I thought was great, they said the themes were read and research, reinforce and reward, review and reapply. So again, read and research, so not just reading something, actually researching, making sure that all of the information is correct, what you're reading, reinforce and reward. I love that. Reinforce all of the things that you have been learning at school, making sure that your children are reinforcing what they were learning at home and then reward, get the reward for it, right? The rewards are what it is that you've learned or also the rewards could be uh, something tangible. And then review and reapply. And that was one of the things that her mother had said as well in the article, that her mother made sure that even when she gave them assignments at home, because she would give her daughter's assignments at home. Like, for example, when they had to write, they had to do something like, I think it was like a comic strip or something. And what she did was she allowed them to do it, have their creativity come out, not overseeing them, because that's the thing, too, we got to be careful of as parents, right? And I'm talking to myself first. Don't oversee them and always trying to correct every little thing they do. No, allow them to do it, and then you review it. And then if they made any mistakes, any spelling errors, grammatical errors, or anything like that, then you just make sure that they correct it. And then make make sure after they correct it, they do it again or whatever, so they can practice being uh, excellent at their crafts, so they can learn mastery, right? So, I mean, just something as simple as this. I mean, can you imagine if this was something that uh, that was done on a consistent basis for all of the parents for their children that they have in school? But guess what? We can think it. We can achieve it. It can happen. It can happen right now. And that's the whole point of me why I have this podcast is because I want to bring to you all the different things that are going on in the community, things that needs to be addressed, but the ways in which we can combat these issues together. We can do it, y'all. That article gave me hope. That was inspirational. I was reading that just like she said, she was getting chills reading that. This, and this her own mother. I'm reading that, getting chills, getting excited, renewing my spirit, renewing my faith. Because yes, 
when I, when I see what's going on, especially when I'm subbing in these schools, and I see that a lot of times, even if you have a, a teacher who has a prepared lesson, you still got to get through the fact of the behavioral issues. You got to deal with the fact of that student who, when you're trying to ask them something simple as, okay, I'm going to have you all be quiet, have a seat, and they literally talking over you, cussing, running around, chasing each other. These are, and these are middle school students I've had to deal with. And I'm just sitting up here like, and it ain't just because of the fact I'm a sub. These are things that these kids are used to because guess what? If you have that student who's been used to having a regimen, used to having a routine, a schedule, used to having engagement, expectations, boundaries being set, it don't matter who's in front of them. They're going to remember that. Now, they may try to try you a little bit when they, you know, that's, that's what kids, that's what we've done, right? This kids, your parents ain't around. You're like, oh, it's your body. You know what I'm saying? All kids do that, right? But the moment that adult sets the tone and says, hey, listen. This is what, this is the expectations. Nine times out of 10, you're going to have the kids getting back and checking, oh man, shoot, let me get this together, right? Shoot, I ain't trying to, I, I, I want to be able to go to, you know, whatever activities that they got in school. I want to be able to participate in this and that. I want, I better get it together. I don't want no note being sent home to my, the kids, we dealing with kids who they don't have that. They don't have that healthy fear of the consequences of what would happen if they don't handle their business. And one thing, I gotta say this part too. Oh God, y'all see, I just love this article, right? She said, um, what did she say? Oh, here it is. This is what Rashawn, the one who posted this article on LinkedIn. She said, I, talking about her mother, I like her to look at my work because she's my mother and she knows what is right. I mean, really, I mean, just the honor and the reverence that she gave to her mother, that respect, that love that she gave to her mother. Y'all, we got to get back to the basics. We have to get back to the basics. And I'm going to get ready to end on this. And when I say get back to the basics, I mean literally doing things like making sure that we set boundaries, making sure that we show love, making sure that we encourage our children, making sure that we set expectations and mean it, follow through, being consistent. Those are the basics. Making sure that we show them what having a good character looks like. Because in order for you to be able to uh, teach your children in order for them to get to a point to where they're actually doing the work they have to be respectful first they have to know what it is to exemplify and exude great character and great behavior and in order for them to do that they have to believe that they are worthy that they have self-respect that they have dignity and that's what I mean by getting back to the basics these are some of the things that I make sure that I tell the kids when I'm going into these schools and I'm subbing. I say, hey, look, y'all. I say, when I come in these rooms, I come in here on respect mode every single time. I come in here and I greet you all with a smile. How are you? Letting them know I see you. 
letting them know, I expect the same that I'm giving you. I expect it in return. And when I don't get it, it makes the class out of order. And then that means I may have to do other things. I have to raise my voice. I may have to take away a privilege to get it back in order. But if we do just like how Rashawn's mother was doing and countless other mothers and fathers, caregivers out there, if we set that tone at home, please, 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 our children will be fearless. They'll be out here with confidence, exuding love, ex exuding self-worth, dignity, pride. Sounded like how Rashawn was saying, because my mother, I like her to look at my work because she's my mother and she knows what is right. Having that, having that mindset. And even when you have a situation, when a child you may not understand something. You may uh, disagree with your parents. You're still doing it with respect. And us as parents, making sure that we allow and facilitate a space for our children to be able to say, you know, I think that's wrong, mommy. You know, I don't agree with that. No, daddy, I'm not for sure that is correct here. And this is why we want to be able to facilitate that. We don't want to abuse our power as parents either and think that, oh, just because we said it, that means it's correct all the time. That's not true either. So there's a lot of things in our community, community that we have to undo. But guess what? It can be done. That article gave me hope as long as we believe it. And that's it. And that's all I got for you today. I hope you all uh, gained benefit, enjoyed it. And once again, uh, thank you all for listening to another episode of Real Reading Talk. All right. Real Reading Talk, again, uh, is that podcast that has been dedicated, dedicated to making sure that uh, the, the the levels of illiteracy that plague our Black community, that we, we tackle those and we do it consistently, all right? So with that being said, I'm going to end on this note and I thank you all for listening. Please make sure you like, subscribe, and share. And remember that reading is freedom. Peace. Thanks. What I tell y'all. I hope that you all will renewed by hearing that episode. I hope that your faith uh, got, got heightened. Okay? I hope that you decided that, you know what? What I'm doing, I'm not going to say. I'm going to keep going. I'm not giving up. Y'all heard it. Okay? 34 years old. Do I, you know me, y'all know how I do. I can start going on a tangent. It's supposed to be the outro, and I'm just going.
said already, go to readingisfreedom.store. Grab your merch today. 30% off for a Black Friday sale all the way to Sunday. All right, please go grab your merch. 30% off, all right? Also, last thing, last couple of things. Subscribe to my YouTube channel, Reading is Freedom. Plethora of read alouds. Got the podcast up as well, so you all can either see it if you want, or you can go on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and listen to it as well. And um, what else? What else? I think that is it. Yes, I hit all, all of it. Last couple of things. Let me tell y'all the book that I've been reading. I just started this book. I was gifted this book by one of our Dr. Squad is on. I, I give her shouts and shout outs a lot because she is a literacy advocate, an educator, motivator, author, all of that. And so she has given me this book. This is the book that I've been reading, The Upcycle Self, y'all. Y'all know who this, this nice looking brother is. Uh huh. Tariq Black Thought Trotter from the Roots, y'all. Brother got a nice book, y'all. Memoir, okay? A memoir on the art of becoming who we are. Feeling this book, y'all. Talking about his life growing up in Philly. Um, y'all got y'all just gotta dig into this book. Very, very touching already. And I'm not, I'm not even halfway through. Uh, and I'm just, just, just so um, engulfed. Um, I, I'm entrenched in what he has to say. And. Um, I would highly recommend getting that book. And I want to, last but not least, leave you all with a quote from him, which he said, we are never simply self-made. I love that. I love that. Why? Because, you know, you hear people say, I'm, you know, I'm a self-made, you know, millionaire. I'm a self-made. No, actually you're not. You got help from other people. You got help from other folks. I know it felt like you was probably doing a lot of stuff on your own and maybe you did some things on your own, but even with you doing it on your own, you actually got some assistance from somebody. So never forget that, okay? We are never simply self-made. So with that being said, thank you all for listening for another to another episode of Real Reading Talk, episode number 18. And remember to please keep reading for at least 30 minutes a day. And reading is freedom. Peace.